Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. I'd like to welcome everybody today to The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bolick, and on this episode, I am excited. I'm excited. I say that every single time that I'm excited. I was trying to think of something different to say today than by excited, but I'm just excited because we've got Lindsay Bostick, who's with us today, and I say this every time I see Lindsay. It's a good day if you're working with Lindsay because she's just awesome. And we also have Jill DeJack. Jill, you're just as awesome. <laughs> I, I like mean to, to say, like, so. oh, yeah, and Jill. But, um, and so we will be talking today about... About before y'all introduce yourself about Longleaf Academy, and before we go get into that, Lindsay, why don't you introduce yourself? Well, I'm Lindsay Bostick, and I'm a speech pathologist, and I've been with PDT almost three years. Hmm. Feels a lot longer. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> no, 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 three good years. It's always a good day when you work with Lindsay. Thank you. And you're at working at Longleaf as well. As I mean, yes. I know at PDT, but. Yes, yes. I go to Longleaf um, during the school year once a week. Okay. We wish it were five days a week. (laughs) And someday, if I can write the grant, it will be five days a week. (laughs) If I have anything to say about it. I'm Jill Dijak, (laughs) Executive Director of Longleaf Academy, who adores Lindsay. And it is a good day. I will agree (laughs) with you, Hayden. Um, I am the founder of Longleaf Academy, and I am a bona fide dyslexic. Um, Some people might have identified me with something else, but it's dyslexia. (laughs) And uh, we started this school five years ago to help educate and work with children who have dyslexia, Mm -hmm. gifted children, many of whom are gifted children. Mm -hmm. So thank you very much for having me here today. Well, I'm thrilled because like I said, I said this a few minutes ago before we started, but after Kirsten, I met with you and we'll get into how the relationship started and all that stuff. But after we met with you, when we were leaving, I said, oh, Kirsty, Jill's one of us. Yes. Her mission and her thought Uh, process and how she does things. Yes. mm -hmm. She wants what's best for these kids at this school. And you've really built up a phenomenal program and a phenomenal, I mean, from nothing to majorly something. Well, we're, we're trying. We're working every single day to be able to do that. You know, obviously the school started out just as a school. Mm-hmm. you know, full day program. But it is really important. And I think as a therapist, all of you would agree that the objective should be, and parents look at me very strange when I say, my objective is to get rid of your child. That should always yes. be first and foremost, being a dyslexic myself, being able to acquire a fellowship and have a master's degree when you are 22 and reading at a sixth grade level, kind mm-hmm. of a scary thing, but mm-hmm. you know what? I learned to read and now I teach reading for a living <laughs> and teach teachers how to teach reading. And reading is language. Mm-hmm. And I can't teach uh, reading without teaching language. And I need therapists to help us for articulation, for understanding and comprehension. And this organization, we work great together because it is working from the therapeutic perspective into the classroom. I use my hands a lot, Lindsay. Sorry. They can't see be. you on the po- they can't see you on the podcast. So it's okay. <laughs> so but, it's um, okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah, me too. I'm just all right. so. And you said something there that I think is important because PDT. We have three clinics. We work at three different clinics, and we also contract with facilities like Longleaf Academy. But if you're not thinking about graduation when the child comes in from day right. one, you're kind of where you're going. So yeah. if you're not making advancement, I say this a lot, then you're just kind of wasting time. So you right. got to be thinking about, okay, how can, how can you, that child and that family get rid of me? That's exactly right. I mean, we get students in there into our school. And when I do a parent intake or an interview, I, uh, the child might be a third grader. But to me, I have to be thinking of a PSAT that they're going to be taking and an SAT. And my objective is to get them to understand the vocabulary part of that SAT, mm-hmm. the math part. I, I can't help them, but I have good math teachers who can. <laughs> I can barely add. No, I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> there's but, a reason why I'm a therapist. You know, very little math, but yes. Okay. There you go. <laughs> but the point is, we have to get them working to their fullest 
ability. You know, in undergraduate school, the IEP was written to help a child work at their present level of performance and move them forward from there. Right. You can't plop a person who isn't ready for something into an area that they're not ready for and try and teach them from there because then you create holes. And that's scary. Mm-hmm. And Lindsay's helped us with so many of our holes. She's like, she has a shovel once a week. <laughs> <laughs> so Jill, tell everybody, give an overview of Longleaf, what the, you know, the, the school, the ages that you're serving there, sure. what you kind of do. Sure. We don't serve too many kindergartners. We serve children who have been diagnosed with dyslexia or a language-based learning disability. Sometimes that's a gentler diagnosis, and that's okay, too. We'll take that. And children who have Asperger's syndrome. Mm-hmm. We have kindergarten through eighth grade. Typically, students stay at our school anywhere from three to five years. Sometimes it's four. Sometimes it's just two. We work specifically with the therapists to integrate language into their clinical classroom. Students are seen in a four-to-one student-teacher ratio, which is huge, And we use an Orton-Gillingham approach, which is very multisensory, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, tactile. So you're V-A-K-T. It's supposed to spell something, but KT is not a good blend. So Right. No. That's definitely <laughs> not, not a like speech st- blend. No. Right. no. <laughs> right. So visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and tactile at their present level of performance, and we make about 25 to 30% growth. We also wow. have, you know, art, PE. We have a social awareness group. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we all need to talk about after this podcast today is over because we have some ideas for that that we need to include you guys on. Okay. Uh, you know, history, science, have a great science program. The math that we use with the children is called Matthew C. So it's very visual, auditory, kinesthetic. Children come in, say they're third graders, they might come in working at a first grade math level. Some of those kids are above grade level in math at the end of a school year. We keep moving those kids through that curriculum. Wow. We have a student this year who could not get through geometry. She is, and I won't say her name, and she is just such an amazing kid. And this young lady could not get through geometry, so our math teacher assessed her Mm -hmm. and realized that she needed to go back to Algebra 1. We started her a year ago, April, in Algebra 1, and now she's five lessons from completing Algebra 2. So she went all the way through Algebra 1 again, all the way through Geometry, and now is at 10 lessons from completing Algebra 2. So just that multisensory approach yeah. is what kind of clicked for her. Right, so and she filling in it. all those holes. I mean, right. she had so many misunderstandings that she was having a difficult time pulling up the information. So it was really kind of cool. I wish I could say I did that, but... Well, you have smart people working there for you that do. <laughs> did. So right. see, there you go. Then you can say you did that because your smart team did it. Oh, there it's you like, go. oh, yeah. Perfect. That's, right. That's, That's perfect. Right. I love that. And I like it that you catered to your students. So just because you went back and redid Algebra right. 1 because that's what she needed. Yeah. She so needed that. Mm-hmm. She so needed that. And I just said, you know, when you go to university, let's do some testing to figure out maybe, you know, don't be a math professor or anything. Right. Probably not your forte. Right. Seriously. <laughs> I'm just guessing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Therapy anyway. doesn't require a lot of math. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, there you go. And she but, loves the little ones. So. There you go. All right. So how many students? This year, we will start the school year off with our goal is 17 students. Mm-hmm. We have some collaborative schools that we're working with. One in Lee County. It's called Grace Christian School. Mm-hmm. And we have a half-day program set up there. And Episcopal Day School here in Southern Pines, North Carolina, is also a collaborative school. Right. And we have several students set up there. Mm-hmm. So we're excited. Our objective is Cumberland County in North Carolina. Yes. <laughs> to, to outreach in that direction. Yeah, that'd be great. So that we could get a more military base. A lot of these men are here for four or five years. Right. They need the appropriate services. We can do it in four or five years. So you work either with private schools or public schools. It doesn't matter. Right. We just found out that we were granted $35,000, and we will hopefully implement that in a neighboring county. Can I say the county? Yes. Lee County, North Carolina. So we're excited about that. We will find out today if we get to implement that and collaborate with public school. What a uh, fantastic opportunity for so many kids that wouldn't have... right. 
and mm-hmm. that because a lot of the kids you're talking about are really bright little people, yeah, or you know, medium-sized people if they're middle right. school. But they just don't, it's just like in a square peg in a round hole. Mm-hmm. They're just never going to fit. And, you know, those sometimes are the medium-sized people that, in my opinion, fall through the cracks because they yeah. just, the regular curriculum just doesn't work for all of them. Right. And they just need a little tweaking. Right. They need some tweaking. And if we can supply that through a response to intervention approach in public school and work collaboratively with them, you know, that's important. Private and public should be working Right. collaboratively together because not everybody can do everything. And so now, how did you decide to start this whole long leaf? Like what, tell me your backstory. Well, you know, it really has been a ministry to me. My husband and our co-founder, Jennifer Watson, it really truly is a ministry to us. And so I was opened as a private reading clinic and we were practically homeschooling several students, really working tutorially with them in reading and math and history and so forth. And a parent said to Jennifer and me one day, you really need to open a full-day school. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when somebody gives me that challenge, (laughs) I go, okay, let's do that. I got nothing else to do. Why not? Yes, that's (laughs) That's hard. (laughs) That's true. Maybe it was crazy. So, you know, I put a lot of prayer time into that and thought about that. And lo and behold... The answer came to me, and here it was. Mm. You teach them to read, and then when they leave, give them a Bible because now they can read it. Wow. And we've had that blessing for so many years. We just had eight students leave us this year, which, (laughs) you know, I'm all about dancing at weddings and going to graduations, Mm -hmm, so I'll always mm -hmm. keep in touch with those kids. (laughs) So you're invited, whether they... I'm I'm, I'm invited. (laughs) I'm the other mommy. That's right. right. So we gave away eight Bibles. That's at the great. end of the school year, and it was really very exciting. The objective is for each individual to be able to work to their fullest potential, and I think that is profound. Mm-hmm. I know I wasn't always working at my fullest potential, mm-hmm. and if I can do it, Hayden, you've gotten to know me. Yeah, Anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a lot. So y'all's mission and our mission, the reason mm-hmm. after that first initial meeting that Kirsten and I had with you, and I said, oh, she's one of us, is because really, we say it a little bit differently, but it's the same thing. You know, we have a little bit of time in these people's right. lives to work with them That's right. and these families, but it's their life. Mm-hmm. We're just helping, like you say, fill in the holes, make mm-hmm. up for whatever. We're helping them work on whatever area of weaknesses is that they right. have. And so once they, can they learn life. to read and write, yeah. then you can get, then it's time to employ the strategies. Right. Books on tape and you know, books on tape. I'm aging myself, right? It's mm. books on the internet iPad now. iPad, <laughs> and I mean, uh, but books on Audio iTunes. books. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Lindsay, you've been at Longleaf for the last year. Yes. How has your experience been at Longleaf? Like, how do you? How is it? I like to work there. It's been a great experience. I was pretty nervous at first because I will admit I didn't know much about dyslexia when I went into it. So I was. A little intimidated, but I did some research on my own, and Jill and Miss Jennifer have been a really great guide and resource, and it's been a really educational experience for me. I feel like I've learned a lot, and it's been really helpful, I think, added depth to my abilities as a clinician. So, Lindsay, tell me what you learned this year working at Longleaf. The biggest thing I think that we have learned is the the benefits of using the uh, voice recognition software called Dragon Dictation. And Jill and Jennifer had the idea to try Dragon Dictation to see if it would help their kids be able to compose and edit papers. Because a lot of times when these children are trying to write, they have such a difficult time spelling and putting their thoughts on paper that they kind of lose their thoughts by the time they're at the end of their sentence, they've forgotten what they were going to say next. Right. So they, I think, had heard a little bit about this program, and they were interested in finding a speech therapist who would be able to come in and kind of teach a class about it. So Kirstie came to me and said, hey, have you heard of Dragon Dictation? I said, no, I haven't. And she said, well, are you willing to learn it? (laughs) And I said, sure. (laughs) Why not? I don't um, think else I'm always up to, to learn anything, and I, I've always kind of liked computers. So it's something that's been, I think, a journey for us over the past year, and it's been very beneficial, I think, for the kids at Longleaf. Can I jump in on her results? Mm-hmm. Un- oh, yeah. Unbelievable results. We started, students worked in a four-to-one student-teacher ratio. We started with 
eight kids? Yeah, we started with eight children. Yes, yes eight, eight students at the mm-hmm. beginning of the year. It didn't start until October. By Christmas time, 80% of those students, six of eight, were ready to use Dragon in the classroom full time. Wow. With no more, she would just do some checking. And it's amazing the results this little girl got for us. One student was discontinued because his parents decided they weren't going to use it next year. So why waste the energy if he's not going to use it anyway? And the other student, I think, is being discontinued very soon. And we're able to throw some more kids in there. So she got amazing results. And there is a lot of diagnostic research on the usage of dragon and people with dyslexia, with the writing disabilities and I guess dysgraphia. You guys might smack my hand by using that term, but it is, you know, brain to paper kind of issues. So the kids use the dragon dictation. So that's how they write their papers. That's how they write, do all their assignments, written assignments. Long written assignments. Long written assignments. We still work with them on learning how to take notes, making lists, you know, simple sentences, even eventually short paragraphs. But it's the narrative papers or summaries that they have to write. That's fantastic. It's really cool. So what ages are these little people? The oldest one is about 14, and I'd say the youngest one is about 10 or 11. Wow. Mm-hmm. So the little 10, 11-year-old, what's like, what, fifth grade? Mm-hmm. That's right. Fifth, so they're learning how to write like stories, mm-hmm. first, middle, mm-hmm. last. So you know Dragon Dictation now really well. Yeah. Yes. Are you using that for all your daily notes? Um, I'm not, no. Oh, you're not? No. Well, she's then, a fast writer. I know. She's going to start doing yeah, some. Yeah, she's going to start in-servicing the rest of the PT people. <laughs> I, th- I think that's a great, it's another level of instruction. And there is one of our students who is a homeschool student who actually comes here for Dragon Dictation. Yeah, I now see children at the PDT office outpatient. I see two to three and help them with Dragon Dictation. That's fantastic. Because what I've found sometimes working with, and I've not used it, like I said, but I've worked with children who have these types of problems. Mm-hmm. And in their head, they understand first, middle, last. They understand the sequence of stories. They have sometimes phenomenal descriptive abilities with what they want to say and how they want to say it. They're just getting it down on paper in a cohesive what, that's the issue. Right. So now these kids are doing all that? Right. Yes. These children are very bright, and they have a lot to say. They just needed a method, I think, mm-hmm. to say it. Have you noticed on the flip side, has it helped them any with comprehension of their stories? If they can get it back down on paper, has it helped them in the reverse? Yes, because once they're done, they have to go back and edit it. Right. Or sometimes Dragon will occasionally misinterpret what they're saying. So then they have to go back and remember what it was they were trying to say. So I think it's helped with the recall. Right. Mm-hmm. I bet. Because that sometimes goes along with it as the memory component for sometimes kids who have these types of problems. Is that what you yes. see, Jill? And one of the older students that we have who's using Dragon now at Sandhills Classical Christian School, he's at that school full time. Ah. And that's his motive. His father is kind of the one that got me started on Dragon. And I rolled my eyes and said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and humored him. And oh, I hate it when he's right. He's one of our board members. But he was right spot on about the usage of Dragon. With his little guy, Sam, who is an eighth grader, you have to learn to edit, but that's so much easier to teach them than it is here's a pencil, here's a piece of paper, or here's even a computer keyboard. I want you to type your thoughts because they can't spell. Remember right. that. They can't spell, so and they get, is frustrating. They're so used to having to spell things correctly, and they get so caught up on the spelling of the word that mm-hmm. it, it really distracts them. So now they can get the content down, yes. and, and then they go, just have to edit the content. Mm-hmm. Right, and oh, they rearrange, man. and we use a, a specific program with a specific approach called... Well, with Sam, we had to add the L in there. It usually is COPS, mm-hmm. capitalization, order of words, punctuation, spelling. Sam, we had to make it CLOPS. <laughs> the L stands for lost me there, dude. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll have this like random phrase in there. And he's forgotten to delete or whatever, but he has several L's on each paragraph. You have four L's on this paragraph. You like, lost me there, me. dude. The rest of it is very effective. And so we take these students per paragraph from circling all their capitalization errors or their word order errors to writing at the top of the paragraph, you have three capitalization issues, you have two word order issues, you have three spelling issues, and you have, you know, three punctuation issues. Now they take that paragraph and find the mistakes themselves. We don't point them out because we're not going to be in their back pocket forever. Right. 
Right. So how do you decide who uses Dragon Dictation at your school? Who is eligible for the program? Typically, Jen will kind of make recommendations and we'll consult each other, but Jen usually comes to me with... Right. Who, who she thinks. It has to be from a speech and language perspective. It has to be a person that can speak fluently. You know, right. some of our dyslexic children or children with dyslexia are not fluent speakers, correct? Am I saying that right, yes. Lindsay? Mm-hmm. And so if you have a child who has a lot of choppiness right. in their speech, you have to work on that first. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to work on yes, that. Yes. And there, there was a, a student at Longleaf who. They were a little hesitant to put into Dragon because he did have some fluency issues. So for the first semester, I just saw him for speech, and we just kind of worked on that. And then I saw him in the spring semester for Dragon, and he did beautifully. I wonder if that would help them get more fluent. I mean, I wonder in some ways if it would just, once you get them fluent, if that sort of reinforces it because it's very Mm -hmm. functional. Because then they see, oh, wow, look what I did. I got this on paper. And they've got all these ideas in their head now Mm -hmm. down, and so it might reinforce that fluency and just keep them on track, you know? Yeah, it could be because a fluency strategy, one of them is to record them and have them go back and listen right. to it. But maybe this is a visual Yeah. Well, I think it would act as both too because fluent reading has to parallel fluent speech. So mm-hmm. we teach phrasal reading. Like if you have a long sentence, the cow traveled to the top of the hill to eat the greenest grass. Mm-hmm. So we phrase it, instead of the cow travel to the top of the hill to eat the fluent grass, we phrase it so their brain has time to process it. And in speech, that would work the same completely, the same way, mm-hmm. right? We mm-hmm. take them from a word level to a phrasal level to a sentence, a sentence a conversation. level. Yeah, mm-hmm. conversation but, level. Yep. So yeah. once we get them there... Oh, we should write some research on this. Serious. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I'm ready for that. That's good. Yeah. Go ahead, Lindsay. Well, you're the one who's done the good job with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Amazing job. You and Joe together. So are, will you be doing the same thing at, like you just mentioned the grant with the public school you'll be working with and with some of your other collaborating schools, will you be doing Dragon Dictation with some of those kids? Eventually. We're right. not there yet. We need to get it solid, I think, mm-hmm. and in our school, mm-hmm. and that's our test area, mm-hmm. and then eventually be able to put this at our collaborative schools and work that way. But right now, I think, We're just going to stick with the school part. So, Lindsay, we heard all about all the success and how successful it's been and what a great experience it's been. Now, I would kind of like to know how we did this. So, why don't we just sort of frame, like, how you worked on, how you got them independent, how you got them so they didn't really need you anymore. The very first day when we did Dragon Dictation, I pulled the kids, each individually, and set them up on their laptops. And it just takes about 20 minutes. You just run through, you read a short passage and it kind of starts to recognize their voice and you set up a profile. So yep. that just takes about 20 minutes. So that they was all the have first a day. laptop? Um, they're about, Longleaf has about six to eight laptops, but mm-hmm. I think Dragon is on, we use four of them. Our classes didn't really exceed four kids at a time. And how do you get them to do it? Do you have like a microphone attached to the laptop? The, the software comes with a headphone mm-hmm. that has the headphones and the microphone attached. Nice. Okay. So the first day was just getting everybody's profile set up. And then the next time we started our small groups and I just had them recite something that was pretty familiar with them. So I said, let's just see how it picks up your voice. Say the Pledge of Allegiance or something that you can say without even thinking, just something rote. And they would say it and it showed up and that kind of built their confidence a little bit. And then I would give them simple prompts. I would say maybe tell me all the steps to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So something they didn't really have to think too much about, but it requires more thinking than just reciting something. And then after that was about the next week. And then after that, the teachers knew to start sending them to Dragon Class with an assignment. So they would come with a passage. Usually they had already read the passage and they'll pick out key words that they want to write sentences on. So I would tell them to try to formulate their thoughts kind of in their head before they started to recite the sentence so that they weren't really thinking while they were talking and there weren't too many hesitations or pauses. So they would try to formulate each sentence in their head and then dictate to the computer as if they were having a conversation. And then once they had kind of mastered that, you go into the commands. So you have to, anytime there's any sort of punctuation, you have to say it. So at the end of the sentence, you have to say period. You have to say comma. You can say new line. It goes to a new paragraph. If you want to delete something, you say scratch that. And you would really be surprised by how quickly they pick it up. 
kids usually do end up, like anything electronic, mm-hmm. my experience has been they pick up 10 times faster than mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. older. You're not as old as me, but as people over 22 pick up. <laughs> and so then when you said teachers started sending assignments, they would send like, like what? Well, the reading teacher would send a passage. So each child, they may be on a different grade level. So it's a right. passage that is at their grade level. And the assignment would be to summarize that passage. And so they pick out keywords, one or two from each paragraph, and then they formulate a sentence based on that word. That's kind of a guide to help them summarize right. the passage. Then what did you notice? What obstacles did most of them have? Or did they have sort of the same types of obstacles with this? Or did once they sort of got it, it just took off and started they just more practice. Occasionally, the software will misinterpret what is being said. And for some kids, it takes several weeks for the software to really recognize their voice accurately. Mm-hmm. And so some of the kids are so used to frustration, I think, with academic assignments that as soon as something goes wrong, mm-hmm. they almost have a defeatist attitude. Hmm. They just needed, you know, encouragement to keep trying and that it's still learning to recognize your voice, keep going. Right. And they they overcame it. And the, the staff at Longleaf, of course, was very supportive and really helped them a lot. And then from what they did in Dragon Class, I love that name, Dragon Class. Like, wow, that's cool. Then they started implementing it right away in the classroom. Is that how that worked? No. Usually Jen, who's the principal over there, her and I will consult with each other. And when I feel like a child is approaching being independent, mm-hmm. then she will start to gradually implement it in the classroom. They don't want to implement it too soon before a student is ready because then that could kind of increase the frustration level. So we really like them to be independent with me to kind of facilitate. And then once they are completely independent, then they'll start to implement it for school assignments. The microphone must be pretty sensitive because in a classroom mm-hmm. situation, would they just be talking with all the other kids writing or how? Yes, they go and, somewhere separate? and the classroom sizes are small, Mm -hmm. but if they see that the microphone is picking up noises, then they have a library where they'll pull the kid out. Oh, yeah. Have them do the dragon where it's a little bit quieter. That makes sense. And then can the kids do it at home too? They can. There are a couple of students who have been inspired by their success and they've had dragon put on their personal computers. And so a couple of students bring in their own personal computers to do their assignments on. How cool would it be to get the students from over there who know how to do it well to train some of our therapists here to use Dragon Dictation to do their daily notes? I personally would like to learn how to use Dragon Dictation from a sixth grader. That would be pretty cool. That would be a great idea. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, if you really know it, you can teach it. That's really cool, Lindsay. That's awesome. Dragon Lady, Dragon Class. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) So then for next year, is that the plan with more students? Yes. In August, we'll do a refresher course just Mm -hmm. for the students that I ended with in May, just to kind of make sure that they haven't lost any of the skills over the summer. And I think we'll bring in some more students. Mm -hmm. And then Jill, the ones that you're graduating, are they going to use this where they go next? Right. We would have discontinued them if they didn't. We have the parents sit down formally and we explain to them, we're not going to, because we're paying for this therapy, the school is paying for it, and we've bought the software and so forth. And if you're not going to use it, then, you know, and most of them, well, all of them except the one little boy, Mm -hmm. will be using Dragon next year. And it's so effective. And schools look at it and go, oh, that's just so unconventional. But not everyone is conventional. I'm certainly not. No, no. (laughs) And and I think that's what I like, because it's personal. Because if learning is personal... Learning learning is is very personal. Specific. And so I think it has to be specific to every child. Mm -hmm. I notice, you know, working in various schools and classrooms and stuff that if it's not personal, you miss those little people that fall through the cracks. They're not Mm -hmm. everybody fits square peg. That's exactly right. So, Lindsay, as you're talking about this, you sound like this must have been fun. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) It sounds like it was fun. I'm enthralled. I think it's awesome. Yes. The students at Longleaf are the best. I want to be invited over (laughs) to watch. That's fantastic. So what's some of the responses with your parents that you're working with here? You brought it to them and said, hey, I want to try this or Uh, what? One client came to PDT seeking out someone who could help them with Dragon. And then another client I had been seeing already. And I was out in the waiting room and I heard them talking to the occupational therapist about, hey, have you heard about this voice recognition software? And I said, actually, I have some experience with that. And, you know, I'd be happy to maybe work on that a little bit in speech because it does fall under the language umbrella of what an SLP does. So, Lindsay, I know that these kids were more independent. You were able to go back in the classroom and they were writing their stories and that kind of thing. Did you do any testing to indicate 
differences in ability? Yes. For a couple of the students that we saw privately, I did an initial evaluation in September and then I did another one in January. So Uh it had been six months and we we do a reevaluation every six months. And the scores went up so much. I double and triple checked my scoring because I was so surprised at how much the scores had gone up. And I attribute that really to the teachers at Longleaf. So what test did you give? Like I gave the TAPS and the mm-hmm. CASEL. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And they went up on both? Yes. Wow. Yes. And the test is the test of auditory processing mm-hmm. skills. That's what mm-hmm. you're talking about in the mm-hmm. CASEL. Yep. And one, one student, during his initial evaluation, I had recommended twice a week, and I was actually able to cut back to once a week for the wow. spring. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. And that's because... We work collaboratively together. Yeah. We don't just let her do therapy right. and then Isolation. we don't know. Yeah, they have got to go in that classroom. Yeah. That's why we work, Hayden. We're yeah. the bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The bomb diggity. So, yeah, that's exactly why they went up because then they carried over what you did in speech and then in the classroom and then vice versa. And then you took out from the classroom what they were doing and it all. Wow, Lindsay, now that is a research yeah. paper. Yeah. yeah. I think so. It's one right here. We decided it right now, and it's like public record or whatever. It's on the podcast. I don't really know. But anyway, so then, Jill, I know y'all have summer institutes that you guys are doing. Right. We're doing our summer academy mm-hmm. right now. I think we have maybe two or three spots open. A lot of parents worry because it is a six-week program. Right. The parent signs up for a specific time. And we try and fill that need, but the child needs to be with his or her own age group. And we work six weeks. So if a parent were to sign up middle of next week, it would be okay because we are having a makeup session in August, one week of makeup. Kids go on vacation, but we use an Orton-Gillingham approach, Hill Center methodology, so we can give the parents some specific percentage of how much growth they made during that six-week program. We unfortunately don't do Dragon, but I think that's a great idea if at some point we do institute that in our summer academy. So the kids that are in the summer academy, are they going to school there next year or maybe, maybe not? Nope. Usually from Summer Academy, two to three children will be truly identified and end up coming to school at Longleaf. But these are kids from public schools, private schools, from collaborative schools, not children that we've actually identified at that point, but they're struggling with reading and written language. And we get them in Summer Academy and we have a better insight to determine if whether they would be a candidate for our full day school or for our half day collaborative programs. Right. So... Wow. It works great. Yeah. So that so they're identified by the school and the school calls you or the right. parent or yeah. either way. The, the collaborative school might recommend that they come see us for Summer Academy and then they get there and they're usually spot on. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. the school is usually spot on. The child does usually need some assistance, but we, you know, we can't diagnose. Right. I, we don't have the credentials to do that. We have the credentials to identify red flags and say, yeah, we might have some reading issues, but we always refer to a couple of psychologists who can provide formal diagnostic information and it needs to come from them. And the ages of these kids at the Summer Institute are, again, the same ages. Yeah, as the- same school age. You know, we get a Maybe elementary, little, elementary, and, and we have a couple. We have one small group of sixth graders, and that's nice. If you can catch them early, that's always the best. And do they come, said, for a couple hours a day? Is it's an right? hour and a half, Monday oh. through Thursday. So we have various time spots open. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it works out really good. I, I mean, guess. it's other places, it's three and four hours for six weeks. Well, we just focus on the reading or on the writing or a combination of both. It keeps their skills sharp and enables us to make some progress and help some parents make decisions. I know that Longleaf is a nonprofit establishment, but it's also private too. Right. But so you get some outside funding. Nonprofit basically enables us to apply for government grant monies. Ah. Uh. And philanthropic monies. Most philanthropic dollars, charitable foundations that grant money to nonprofit schools will only grant to nonprofit schools. So we are a nonprofit school, but 95% of our funding is through parent tuition and donations. So if anybody wants to make a donation, you just go to longleafacademy.com, baby, and you can just hit the donation button. (laughs) We'll always take that money. Yeah, put that plug in there. That works. There you go. There you go. Um, But we do write grants. We are just now getting to the point where we can write some grants, and that helps with a lot of what we're doing. 
tell me about your teachers. Now, how do you find the teachers to work there? Because I'm sure that you've got to have some specialized training. Our teachers do have some kind of educational background. We have one teacher whose background is social work, and she primarily worked with families. The other two teachers, one has a degree in child psychology and early childhood education. All of them have some sort of background in education. We do send them through the Orton-Gillingham certification, which is so essential for helping them to understand about dyslexia and Asperger's and language-based learning disabilities as a whole. Um, And they are required to do that. We certainly pay for that training. And then with our collaborative schools, these teachers would go through our Hill Center training in Durham, North Carolina, at the Hill School in Durham. So, but your teachers on site there have been through the Orton-Gillingham training and the Hill Center training. Not all of them have been through the Hill Center training. That would be false advertisement. All of them have been certified in Orton-Gillingham. Okay, so Jill, talk to me a little bit about the Orton-Gillingham training. Explain that to me. Okay, sure. Sam Orton was Mm -hmm. a neurologist back in the 20s and 30s who Mm -hmm. identified uh, dyslexia. They called it something really obnoxious back in those days. But anyway, Sarah Gillingham was a psychologist that worked with him to develop a lesson on multisensory instruction. So teaching people who have these language-based learning disabilities how to learn to read. Now Orton-Gillingham is sort of the grandfather from which all other remedial programs like Wilson Reading, Mastery Reading, Mm -hmm. so many other programs come from that Orton-Gillingham approach. Orton-Gillingham is an approach. It's not a program. So it's based upon the child's present level of performance. Okay. If a child can't read the short sound of A or the short sound of U, but can read silent E syllables like A consonant E or I consonant E, well, guess what? They're going to be reading and practicing fluently how to read those types of words. Right. The Hill Center methodology... And if you Mm -hmm. want to learn more about the Hill Center, um, people can go to hillcenter.org is a internationally research-based school half-day program in Durham, North Carolina. Mm. And it's based upon the Orton-Gillingham approach. And it is a North Carolina State Improvement Project program. And Mm. they collaborate with many private schools and many public schools, Wake County, Durham County, Davies County, and it's international. And it's wonderful to have that as our half-day program because now school systems will work with us because we have this training. Right. And they come and supervise us and they observe us. And we, in order to be a formal Hill Center adoption program, we have to be teaching with fidelity their approach, and we do. So there's quality so, checks and that yes, kind of thing. Yes, quality so you can't just checks. Just say you're a center. Right. Yeah, that's center. right. We have a whole center training. That's nice, right. but do you teach it exactly right. how their research is based? Lots of independent research, longitudinal studies on the Hill methodology to show mm. its effectiveness, and wow. also with Orton Gillingham. Wow. But to understand that Orton Gillingham piece before you do that Hill Center training piece sure. is significant. Yeah, I would it's think just... so because it sounds like the Hill Center is based on the whole approach. Right. There right. The, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, that would make sense. So you use that Orton Gillingham approach there at Longleaf, mm-hmm. and then your teachers are Hill Center trained, and you right. use that methodology right. to in our collaborative kids. schools right. and with public schools. Yes. Okay, got it. There you go. That helped me. Thank you. I appreciate it. And so that's what your teachers are trained in. Lindsay talked about some success stories that she had and the impact that she made with a lot of these kids and the progress they made. Most of your kids, they leave you at eighth grade if they stay with you the whole time, Mm -hmm. and they go to high school? Mm -hmm. Is that their... Some go to public schools, some go to private schools, Mm -hmm. and some decide to be homeschooled. Right. Those parents feel that that's necessary, and we help them in making that recommendation Certainly, it has to fit the family's whole family cycle. We, sure. you know, some parents don't want to do public school, others do. They're happy to get rid of that tuition payment. That's for sure. But Mm -hmm. I think primarily with the collaborative schools, oftentimes our students will go into one of our collaborative schools or a private school that we are very friendly with so that we can help with the transition of that student. That Mm -hmm. is key to put our money where our mouth is. Parents have paid a tuition to us for several years. So Mm -hmm. upon leaving Longleaf Academy, our graduating students are entitled to three hours of tutoring a week at no charge to the family. Really? 
Well, you know what? They are wow. transitioning into a new school and you know, we're mostly helping with organizational skills and study wow. skills and you know, doing some further touch up on Dragon, but we need to put our money where our mouth is and support those students That's and those huge. families. Well, you know, to me it it is big, but bottom line is this as I said, is very much a ministry, and we want these children to be successful. One of our little students, Sam, interesting little profile in fourth grade when we got Sam, verbal IQ, nonverbal IQ, working memory, of course, was way low. low. Right. <laughs> Processing speed, way low. Those are indicators of dyslexia. But verbal and nonverbal were both perfectly average. Hmm. 99. Mm -hmm. was in fourth grade. Three years later, upon leaving Longleaf last April, he was reevaluated. Same clinic that evaluated him, but different psychologist. We never like to use the same psychologist twice because we want to be sure. Sure. His verbal IQ went from 99 to 136. Good golly. When when we got Sam, he couldn't string a whole fluent sentence together. Wow. His nonverbal was always pretty high, but it went up about 10 points to about 116. And working memory became average. We always shoot for that working memory to be 50th percentile processing speed. We still need ADHD medicine, but (laughs) you know, that was just Sam. So huge, huge difference. We're we're getting those kind of results on several other students. And the new neuro information that is being researched now is. Used to be when I started in special ed, your IQ when you're 10 Mm, is going to be generally the same IQ when you're 20. There's not going to be much of a variance, but now that isn't true Mm -mm. because so many different parts of the brain are involved and when you've connected the processing. I think we've gotten smarter about how we interpret IQ and how we test for it and use it and all that. I think we're making gains. So while some people, maybe Sam's parents wouldn't think he was gifted because he still is Sam... Right. Yeah. And <laughs> he is a brilliant young man who sure. will go on to college and, you know, his desire is to go to med school someday. And Fantastic. You know, we man. have lots of those types of kids that we're excited so about working with. Yeah. Directly impacted his course in life. Mm-hmm. I think yep. so. I mean, he's going to have a different, well, he'll have whatever path he chooses because he, right. your training and your help right. is made up for all the weak areas. Yes. So many, so many weak areas, but a lot of those are strengths now. And he's discovered capabilities in himself that he never thought, not just him, but other students as well. It says you're a nonprofit, but they've got to pay. It's a private school, right, so you have right. to pay to come there. Right. Um, Most private schools are nonprofits. Right. Um, as I said, we are a nonprofit, so we can fundraise, so we can write for grants because sure. most charitable foundations who want to grant money for specific things won't do it unless you are a nonprofit, mm-hmm. unless your body is a nonprofit. But for the most part, as the school grows in age and experience and gains, you know, we're working on accreditation now. You have to wait two years after your nonprofit before you can become accredited. So that's our goal this year mm-hmm. is to become accredited mm-hmm. as a not only a school, but as a training site so that sure. we can train other people and have that here. But, you know, that funding is mostly made through donations and fundraisers. And we have not been able to fundraise this year because we've been in the process of board expansion and so forth, but that's okay. We're going to rear up for the 14, 15 year to do a lot of fundraising, several different events. And as you're talking, I've been thinking lots of little people that I'm thinking, oh boy, right. would I like for them to have the opportunity to either a summer right. experience or maybe mm-hmm. go to school there or something like right. that. But if they can't afford it, then really that's where the donation thing right. comes in and the grants that you're writing. Well, that's- one interesting thing that parents really need to understand, if their child has an individual education plan through mm-hmm. a public school, IEP, mm-hmm. an IEP, and that parent desires that child to go to a private school, that parent can apply for $6,000 of scholarship money from the state of North Carolina. Oh, It's paid out twice know. a year, yes. Hmm. And so anybody listening, if they're interested in that, they can certainly go to our website, get our contact information, and we're happy to sort of talk parents through that whole process. And, so, and say your website so that people know. Sure, it's yeah. longleafacademy.com. 
That's mm. pretty simple. Yeah. Longleafacademy.com. So there are funding options available. And eventually, by the grace of God, we're going to have some pot of money. Somebody's going <laughs> to yeah <laughs> start some great fund for us. Well, and we can disperse those into scholarships. Well, so I like situations for donations where your dollars, you can see the immediate impact. Right. It's not this bureaucracy of red tape, or I wonder mm-hmm. if that really went to help any... I right. mean, it's real time. So it's either right. helping a child by either like the summer program, the right. summer institute, or in the fall if they go right. to school there, or it's also resources in terms of you educating other professionals right. and your collaborative schools and agreements mm-hmm. with them. So you're touching little people's lives in a lot of different ways. Right. doesn't necessarily have to just be if they attend school there, but right. it could be other ways too. Right. And just resources for parents. But I can think of so many little people that we see currently and that I've seen through the years where I think, oh my goodness, boy, would this have, mm-hmm. this would have made or will make a difference in their lives. I can think yeah. of several. Our primary objective is to be a resource to parents. Mm-hmm. Every parent walking through my door, typically I'm not going to charge for a consultation. And sometimes I'm there three and four hours looking through testing, wow. helping them to develop a plan. The United Way of Moore County has been so wonderful in the past couple of years about donating some scholarship money for various socioeconomic diverse uh, individuals in our community. And we would like to you know, make an attempt to outreach to these different populations so mm-hmm. that we can help them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because what it sounds like, that's some of the goals for the next year. Or the next several years. Yes. That is on my strategic. It is a plan for the next 15 years. <laughs> you know, to me, I envision a still pond. Right. And when you throw a pebble in that still pond, you get this ripple effect that goes on and on and on forever. Mm-hmm. As opposed to people coming into our school, I would like our school to move to other counties in our educational region Mm -hmm. so that more children and more educators can become knowledgeable about the effects of dyslexia and Asperger's syndrome and what can be done so that these individuals can grow up and be college-bound students and have a life and a family and regular old That's right. I mean, everyone learns different and square peg, round hole kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. no two people are the same. So, yeah, I like your pawn analogy. That that works for me because, well, your impact in their life. We call it our why. Why am I That's a therapist? Right. Because I like to help children achieve what they can't so they can go and live their life and do their thing, which is That's the same right. thing. Yeah. So it's their life, and you're helping them, you said, fill the holes. But, yeah, you like for your influence to spread out. Right. And that collaborative piece that you've mentioned and talked about so much, I think, is so important. And I think that's why, you know, our philosophies kind of match mm-hmm. because you can't treat the child in isolation in the classroom, nor right. can you treat them in isolation in therapy, or nor can you do it just at home. Right. You know, the, all of it has to go as the whole child, as a whole child right. approach. And the, what happens in therapy has to be communicated to the parents mm-hmm. to do that at home. And then what happens at home has to be communicated in the classroom. And then again, back to therapy, and it right. all has to work together because None of it works just in isolation in one little incident by themselves. Absolutely not. I worked with a therapist in Atlanta, Georgia, who was a speech therapist. And she was probably the very first person. It was before I was degreed. I was an instructor in a facility similar to Sand Hills Children's Center. It was called the High Hope Training Center. Mm -hmm. I don't know how appropriate that title is now, politically correct. But anyway, we served birth to five years, and then we had an adult sheltered workshop there, and I was an instructor. Mm-hmm. Her name was Pat. I couldn't tell you her last name, but she was brilliant. And she said, therapy should happen all day. Oh, Would yeah. I teach this child in speech and language and with augmentative communication should be carried over consistently through their day, or they will never use it. It's like a foreign language. Yeah. Completely. Yep. It's, well, it's got to be functional. It has to be functional. I think that's what makes Longleaf special is because that approach is sometimes not first and foremost. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's sometimes different. Whereas, right. in my opinion, that should just be like, yeah. That Second should be nature. A, like, right, right. Yeah, just a given. But it's not. It's special. And I think it's different. I think that's why Longleaf is impacting and changing people's lives. And Well, thank you. Yeah. Along with Lindsay and... Mm-hmm. All of you and what you do. Pediatric developmental therapists have helped us so much uh, learn and grow 
as educators and in what we do. And I think it's a collaborative team effort all the way around, and it has to be. No, I, I really agree. Do. I, I do. I agree. It's a special thing if you can find people that match your why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And y'all do. So. Yes, we do. We <laughs> do. Works. That's right. So tell everybody again the website. So if they would like to make donations. Sure. Um, and you're taking those always 24-7. Yes. Oh, 24-7. You just write your little check or PayPal's or however you want to do it. Drop it off is, the money. <laughs> drop off the money. 600 Valley View Road, Southern Pines. <laughs> you can make a donation at longleafacademy.com. We do have a donate button and there is a way to pay through PayPal and we would greatly appreciate all that money would go to scholarships. That's great. All that money, maybe we'll get the dragon people to buy us some new computers so we don't have to do oh, too yeah. much of that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> Heck yeah. And then if people want to just stay connected and know what's happening at Longleaf, mm-hmm. is the website the way to do that as well? Yep. The yep. website. And we also are on Facebook. I don't know anything about Facebook. Our admin <laughs> assistant and my daughter set Facebook up, but you know, thumbs up. Yeah. We'll have this podcast on the Facebook yeah. Yeah. Well, and they on can, our website right. so people can stop mm-hmm. to listen to see what we're doing with y'all and we're yep. excited about it. You can go to our website, www.pediatricdt.com. As I do three W's or two, four, I don't know. Anyway, okay. three W's, pediatricdt.com. And they can click to hear this podcast. And then also we can put on their links as well to the Longleaf Academy, what's right. happening there as well. So we can yeah, I think do that also. That. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So I appreciate so much. This was fun. This was We could just fun. come back all the time. Oh, I would love That'd it. Be awesome. I'm excited about Christmas and our fundraiser because yeah. we're going to do this together. <laughs> yes, you can do Yeah, you can be part of our Christmas child and we can also be part of your fundraiser in March, you said, right? Yeah, March. We're going to shoot for March, yes. Yeah. Well, so. good. We'll invite you back. That'd be great. Thank well, you. Well, we'll be we showing up again in come. August to do therapy. So, oh, yeah. We that's know where right. you live. Yeah, that's right. And we do <laughs> need to get together anyway because we've got some new ideas for us. <laughs> Oh, good. Hot dog. All right. So, Lindsay, I really appreciate you being here with us today. It's been a lot of fun. So, Yes. yes. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks so much, Jill. I really thanks. do appreciate it. It's thanks, always Hayden. good. If you lock you and me in a room together, we can talk for days. Oh, we could. And it'd all be about shop and we'd <laughs> never be bored. <laughs> no. We wouldn't. <laughs> so, I hope nobody else Anybody will, but we wouldn't. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, I hope not. But um, thank you again. And I appreciate everybody listening also. And so we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 